0: Why didn't you tell me? You told me Vader betrayed and murdered my father.
1: Your father
2: was seduced by the dark side of the Force. He ceased to be Anakin Skywalker and became Darth Vader. When that happened,
1: the good man who was your father was destroyed. So what I told you was true from a certain point of view. A certain point of view? Luke, I know you think you can't trust me That I'm alive, you just shouldn't believe But please know it's all true
0: From a certain point of view You said your name was Ben Well, it's Obi-Wan You said my dad was killed Close now, ain't this fun? Cause technically it's true From a certain point of view Point of view? Point of View!
2: Everywhere. Welcome to episode number 95 Blast Points. This is Jason. And this is Gabe. And later in this episode, like we said last week, we're going to be talking about the From a Certain Point of View book. We're going to go over all 40 stories from the book.
1: 40 stories from 40 years and 40 minutes.
2: <laughs> we're going to try anyways. Let's <laughs> do our best. But first... Oh, man, we're still thinking about that last Jedi preview. Good,
0: come beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Last Jedi.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to uh, absorb, but absorbing a lot.
2: So, what? Since we talked about the Last Jedi preview last, what have you in your
1: viewings after the fact? What 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 have you been getting out of it? A lot of it's just been fun reading what other people are catching, and then feeling dumb for missing some obvious things, and and being excited at other things that were less obvious. Like, I can't believe both of us miss Kylo spinning. You know, doing the the full on Anakin move, like right at the be. I guess not right at the beginning, but you know, in his little part, it's it's um, a good trick. You know, it is a good trick. So you know he's got all the best moves. <laughs> I, the, I think the the most mind blowing one, at least for me, it's weird, but that there's the sea monster skull when Ray's diving underwater. So the bones of the rubber chicken potentially. Yeah, we missed that. We missed that. So I don't know what have what have you been thinking about?
2: Well, I noticed too that it begins with you know when Kylo was looking out the window. Everybody was comparing it to the part. Anakin looking out on uh, on the clouds and beautiful Naboo, but yeah. also that that's the first shot of this trailer, and it was the very first shot of the Attack of the Clones teaser trailer number three. Which part of me is like, I don't think it, you know, I don't think it's an intentional like. Ryan Johnson's like, I'm a big fan of Attack of the Clones teaser trailer number three. Yeah, he might be. <laughs> Maybe he looked through all the trailers and was like Okay, I want it to be like this one But still, you know, it's pretty cool That it's it starts that way For, you know, for people like us That we see Pago the Lesser in the clouds When we look up at the sky, <laughs> yeah, you know Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. whenever there's Like an old piece of soap in the tub It's like, oh, you look like a Geonosian <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't flush you down the drain I can <laughs> I
2: know the thing like going back and looking at now that we've had a little bit of time with this last Jedi preview where we're still freaking out, but we're not freaking out on the same level. It's interesting kind of looking back on it now and seeing how very little it plays on like nostalgia for the original trilogy. It's got
1: none of that. Well, I mean, it it does with the ad ads a little bit. Story wise, it does not, but visuals, there's a little bit there. But I almost think but, of like
2: Force Awakens with the, the Chewy We're Home moment, and everybody, yeah, like, you know, and people crying, you know, <laughs> like it's kind it doesn't have time for that. It's kind of that's like, true. we're doing our own thing now, and we're not, you know, we don't want the 40 year old dudes to be crying we don't care we know they're gonna go see it anyways you yeah. know
1: no that's true and i guess it's kind of like w- there's a little you think there would be that with with seeing luke again but luke is so crazy and not how we remembered luke that were you know han and chewie coming back it was oh look it's han and chewie again they're still han and chewie <laughs> but this is a very different luke than we were we saw at the end of return of the jedi
2: The other thing I was thinking is, you know, of course, there have been now that some days have gone by, there have been people nitpicking. like, "Mm -hmm." But I was like, man, people don't realize how good we've got it here with this. Like we have got a movie coming out in a matter of months where it's Luke Skywalker and he's got a beard, which if you asked us like three years ago, that's all we needed.
1: Yeah. Well, if you had asked this 20 years ago, do you think you're ever <laughs> going to see a movie with Luke Skywalker with the long hair and a beard? It's like, no, only in my only when I'm asleep will I see that movie <laughs> right before I die and I'm <laughs> floating up to heaven. Yeah. Fast, to the balls of light. <laughs> and there's bearded Luke Skywalker reaching out with his robot hand. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so but, uh, you know, and he's. Training an apprentice in the force who's insanely strong and is meditating and making rocks break. And then Han and Leia's kid is doing spins in a souped-up tie fighter. TIE fighter with a snake Band-Aid on his face. You know, it's like if you slow down and
1: think about how good we've got it right now. You know, yeah we're, yeah, we're living in in the golden age. <laughs> there's I don't under, I don't know. I don't know what people want. It's like, what do you want? Do you even like Star Wars? <laughs> like there's there's a lot of Star Wars on screen here.
2: It's all, yeah, this is what we've always wanted. <laughs> That's it, right there. That's what we it's want. Good. That's what we've yeah. always wanted.
1: It's good stuff. Well, I thought it was interesting I don't know how – if this was a newer article or a few weeks old with just Ryan Johnson talking about how they had their, their big meeting of, I guess, Kathleen Kennedy and whoever about what they didn't want to show. Oh, yeah. I saw that article, but I, I,
2: I didn't read it because I don't, it was just, I don't think I can read anymore. I think the trailer, <laughs> it's all – the letters were move; they were moving. It's all just shapes,
1: and I don't understand. So, what's going on in that? But it was basically like they they had the parts of the film that they were basically pitching. Like, I don't want to we don't want to show this at all in any of the marketing. And it seems like they're getting their way because, again, the more you watch this trailer, and the kind of initial shock wears off, the more it really doesn't tell you anything and really show you much from the movie that we didn't already know. Curious that they still show Snoke and Rey, though. True. but
2: That's it. It's like I was saying, now that we've had time to kind of reflect on it, I think that the real strength of this trailer is that everyone that watches it, you, you just want to debate afterwards about what the heck is going
1: on. And nobody yeah. knows. It's doing a good job of yeah, not just getting you hyped up to see what's in the trailer again, but to just Understand what you're seeing in the trailer <laughs> in the context of right. what it is, and then you know, yeah. What what are we what are we not going to see until the movie comes out? Like as much as you and I like to know everything as much as possible, it is kind of cool. Like with Tarkin in Rogue One of actually getting stuff that we didn't even know was real until the week the movie came out. Or, the moment in Rogue One when uh, Gold Leader. And red leaders show up. Yeah, exactly right. Like that, people weren't even taking pictures of that the day before. Like it was too, you know. So <laughs> we didn't see that till it was at the theater. So and the thing, I don't know. It's gotten me excited again to think that there's a possibility that Lando's going to be in the movie, and they've just been really good at keeping the secret.
2: I I heard somebody talk, and I don't remember where it was, but somebody was saying. You know that casino on Canto Bight would not be out of place for Lando Calrissian to be sitting there.
1: No, well, especially I mean when we talk about a different or a certain point of view, the Lando story mm-hmm. kind of just made me think of it too. Like, yeah, it makes too much sense for it not to happen, and they're they are keeping secrets way tighter than Force Awakens did. As much as Force Awakens was all about the mystery box, so I wouldn't put it past them. That we're going to get our mind blown at the theater.
2: (laughs) Hello, what have we here? That thing's operational. Have you heard of any um, criticisms for the trailer that
1: you just completely disagreed with? I think there were people who just weren't impressed. I don't get that. And I don't get that because it wasn't like people who were like, man, I want it to be like Phantom Menace. I don't know those people. (laughs) I would understand it maybe, but I don't, you know, it's like people who didn't like the prequels and they want Star Wars to be like they remember Star Wars. But they don't like this because I don't know why. I don't see how you can like Star Wars and not like this trailer. It's exciting times. New Star Wars trailer. These these are the
2: golden times, you know. Yeah. It's only going to get more exciting. The international trailer will be coming. If 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 we say it will be coming on the show, then by the time we're done recording,
1: it will have showed up probably. No, I think we have to say it's not it's definitely not going to happen. Okay. So what, the international... They're, they're not even going to have an international trailer this time. No. We're we're 100% positive. And There's... it's not going to have any new footage in it. <laughs> then, then it will show up tonight when we're done recording.
2: I hope. Yeah, I hope we get one of those, like, uh, with the Attack of the Clones character trailers that they had for, like, Mace Windu and Jango Fett, but just mm-hmm. about Snoke. Maybe they can bring back the tone poems. I wear a gold robe. Raw Power is my favorite Stooges album. When
1: I eat sushi, I like it
0: raw. But
1: yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the Crystal Wolf can do one. Sing Riders on the Storm. Uh. Just howl it.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Blast Points with Jason and Gabe. May the Force be with you
2: always. So for the past couple weeks, we've both been tearing our way through the fantastic anthology book
1: from a certain point of view. If you listen to our Star Wars Tales episode, our dreams kind of came true um, because this is pretty much a Star Wars Tales comic in book form. It's 40 authors, 40 stories for 40 years of kind of random people associated with the original film, right? Right. Everything's kind of loosely A New Hope. It carries on a tradition of books
2: that existed in the 90s. I mean, there was the Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina and Tales from Jabba's Palace. There was Tales of the Bounty Hunters. There was a Tales of the Empire book that I never read, but I always meant to. But those were great books, and those were all written by various authors also and did a similar thing where they spotlighted all the weird people in Jabba's Palace and... What were what were your overall impressions of this uh, of this book?
1: I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I like that for the most part. It's kind of, I guess it's about 50-50 of kind of lighthearted stuff. And then, you know, a lot of stories where the people die at the end. Yeah, a lot of bummers. <laughs> a lot of bummers. But. Um, but they usually, you know, they try to have fun with it. And for the most part, uh, most of them didn't, were like just the right length where you got a good, taste for the character and it didn't wear out its welcome um yeah i had a lot of fun reading it and i kind of would like if they did it for all the movies
2: yeah i was thinking the same thing like i would love an empire
1: one a jedi one phantom menace one attack of the clones one yeah it would be funny to see a rogue one (laughs) version where it's like rogue one's already so close to new hope and they just they get like smaller and smaller, the people that they have to work from. Well, that's another great thing with this book that it's
2: now that we're post Rogue One and these stories are all connected to a new hope. The, the events of Rogue One and how they
1: connect to a new hope are all, is all that's something that's all over this book. That's a good point. Yeah. And I think some of those were, I think the ones I enjoyed the most were kind of the ones that kind of tied into the Rogue One stuff. Probably should be meant that all the authors in
2: this book for their stories, um, they didn't get paid, and all the proceeds are donated to First Book, which is like a nonprofit that provides new book and learning materials to educators and organizations serving children in need, and all the money from the sales of this book go to First Book, which is pretty awesome,
1: yeah. It's a it's a good book for a good cause, and yeah, it's definitely, if you've been on the fence about picking it up, I think it's worth picking up just for the charity aspect, even if you hate the book, you're at least <laughs> making somebody's life a little bit better, but I think if you're a Star Wars fan, there's going to be at least one, if not ten, of these stories that you're really going to enjoy.
2: So let's, should we start tearing through every single story?
1: Yeah. so Are you ready? Yeah. We're no, uh, we're not going to leave anybody out here. So we're going to set the timer, and we're going to try to get through all forty stories in forty minutes. So
2: well, we should we should mention um, for, that we're gonna we're gonna rate them all. It's going to be uh, a certain point of wizard, a certain point of possibly, in the
1: very rare case there'll be a certain point of poodoo. Pudu. And poodoo's not good. Poodoo is yeah. poodoo's <laughs> the bottom. Okay, I wasn't sure if like bad is good. <laughs> All right, so I started the timer, and let's go with, uh, we got number one, Ramus. Yeah, by Gary Whitta. Gary Whitta, who destroyed story
2: treatment on Rogue One. It's the story of Ramus Antilles, who was the captain
1: of the Tantifor. Tantifor. I, I like this one. I mean, it basically jumps right in after the end of Rogue One and takes us to the beginning of A New Hope. They kind of explain how they got caught so easily with, the ship being damaged and not really ready um, to jump into hyperspace. And it's like leaving some signal because it's broken and they can track it. I like that one. And it got a little sad at the end with him trying to write letters to his family on Alderaan. (laughs) And we all know how that works out, but I thought this one handled it pretty well.
2: Yeah. I thought it uh, was a great first story for the book where it kind of gets you primed up for what you're going to read and, takes you right from the last Star Wars movie that played in theaters into A New Hope to get you ready for everything else you're going to read. And it's pretty neat. I I liked it a lot. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I'd give that one a wizard. Mm-hmm. i say it's a wizard for me, too. From a certain point of
0: view.
1: Up next, we got The Bucket by Christy Golden. So this one, our first one about a stormtrooper. From the point of view of a stormtrooper, we got, what, TK-4601. Who is the trooper on the Tantive that sh- stuns Leia, right? Mm-hmm. And he kind of, I guess, comes to appreciate her by the end of the story as a person, right? Yeah, it's our
2: first of many stories, I thought. Almost too many in this anthology of stormtroopers that have a change of heart.
1: Yeah, they could have called the book 40 Stormtroopers Who Have a Change of Heart. <laughs> and it would have been accurate, too. But I think because this was the first one and I hadn't gotten tired of them i enjoyed this one maybe one of the more more so than some of the other ones the, the part where the stormtrooper took off his helmet
2: and showed leia his beautiful blonde hair <laughs> i was kind of like mm. <sighs> <sighs> so I, I gotta give this one a certain point
1: of possibly i'll go with possibly from certain point. Of possibly so next we got uh they start to get a little goofy here with the sith of data work by ken Liu. Basically, this one's just, what, making fun of the bureaucracy there would be on a real Death Star. And there's this guy, what, Ar- Arviria? Something like Arvia, that. something like that. Basically, who gets everyone who should be in trouble for not sh- destroying the escape pod with the droids in it. He gets everyone out of trouble by filing the right paperwork, basically. I don't know. I like this one.
2: I I, th- I felt like this one was supposed to be funny, <laughs> but it was just irritating me.
1: <laughs> this, uh
2: I like this one. <laughs> so I am I hate to do it, but I'm giving this one Poodoo. From a
1: certain point of- oh, oh, all right. Well, I'm going to give this one uh, Possibly. Okay. And again, maybe because this was the first one kind of like that, that I was like, okay, that's cute. From a certain point of- Possibly. So number four. Stories in the
2: Sand. Yeah. By Griffin McElroy. <laughs> and it keeps getting weirder when you get to this one. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of of Jot the Jawa, <laughs> the Jawa that likes movies. Oh, I I really enjoyed it. He's got the story. He's this Jawa on the Sandcrawler, and he's got a storyteller droid that kind of shows Jot the sad Jawa the vast world that's outside the Jawa Sandcrawler on Tatooine, and this Jawa starts to get dreams of leaving his jawa life behind and i was like man i could really i could groove on
1: this (laughs) and ultimately he what he finds r2d2's hard drive sees all r2's memories and what r2's trying to do and he he feels bad and um, because all the other drives he finds it's his job to erase them so he watches them before he erases them but he gives r2 his back
2: yeah he basically watches the prequels (laughs) yeah i guess you gotta love that the, the prequel love in Jawa. He watches episodes one, two, and three, and he's like, "This is sweet. <laughs> the good stuff." <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm giving this one definitely a wizard. From certain point, I of- think. I think it's possibly for me
1: because I it was a little long. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. From certain point, of- possibly. Uh, number five is called. How do you even say that? Rarin. Rarin. Yeah, I took it as Rarin. This one, I think I liked at the beginning, and by the end, I was like, oh, it's okay. But it's basically a young sand person who I think steals a kyber crystal from the Jawas. That was Mm -hmm. kind of the impression Mm -hmm. I got.
2: I I really dug it. I was kind of for a while, I was like, where's this going? It's a sand person story. I can groove on a story about sand people. But then, yeah, in the end, when she finds the kyber crystal, and she's basically like, I'm going to... I kind of like the sand, the Jawa story. I'm going to leave my sand person life behind, but I don't know. She finds this kyber crystal, and then when she touches it, she like feels like a power. And I was like, oh, it's like a Jedi sand person, which remind me of the old Moondy comic. So, yeah, I don't know. it was true. it was it was touching my heartstrings. So I'm giving this
1: one a wizard. From certain point, <laughs> oh,
0: wizard.
2: it's
1: uh, possibly. All right. From certain point. Possibly. I'm grading hard today. <laughs>
2: Cookie, yeah. So next we got the red one by Ray Carson,
1: otherwise known as Skippy the Jedi Droid Two. <laughs> it's very T- similar. To Skippy. Yeah, very similar to Skippy the Jedi Droid, except oh. no Jedi
2: powers. It's the story of R five D four and uh, old broken droid, sad
1: broken droid looking for a home. On his way to getting sold, finally when they pick up R two D two, which breaks his heart. And R2 tries to sabotage him, right? This is, like, cold-blooded R2.
2: Well, no, R2, like, goes up to him in the sandcrawler and is like, look, they're going to take you because you're not as expensive as I am. But here's the deal. I'm on an important mission.
1: Yeah, but he only tells him that after he tried to sabotage him and R5 woke up.
2: Yeah, that's true. He <laughs> was like,
1: don't touch me.
2: <laughs> but I, I like, the, you know, who, whose line was it at the end when uh, R5 exploded? Was it R2? Thank you, friend. I think so.
1: (laughs) I think so. And it has a happy ending because R5 kind of gets repaired and doesn't get killed by the stormtroopers and escapes after they blow up all the Jawas. So this one's got a wizard from me. I'm giving Red One a wizard, too. From a certain point of (laughs) view. Because at first I was like, "How are you going to outdo Skip of the Jedi droid?" But I think it, it's a nice companion piece. Yes. Um, so number seven is "Rights" by John Jackson Miller. I really like this one. This is basically about the the warrior Sand people who are we see in the movie capturing Luke and messing up this three PO, and they learn from their their elder who's terrified of this this wizard that lives out in the in the dunes, powerful shaman named Ben. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is extra cool with with Last Jedi and Force Awakens stuff that we have a new powerful shaman called Ben. Ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but yeah, and they talk about Obi Wan making his uh, crate dra- dragon sound.
2: I, I I liked this one, but
1: not as much as others. Which is weird. I feel like I should like this one more. Yeah, that is weird. I gotta a give lot. it. A, I gotta give it a possibly though. From certain point, of possibly. All right, I'm gonna give this one a wizard. Just for Obi-Wan, because, you know, he's (laughs) that crazy old wizard, just an old wizard. That wizard's just a crazy old man. (laughs) But for the sand people, that wizard's just a crazy old wizard. (laughs) From a certain point of (laughs) view.
0: All
1: right, so the next one, what do we got? Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. That's the real deal. 100%. I mean, that's, yeah. If you like Qui-Gon, you like Star Wars, it's worth buying the book just for this story. It's It's good stuff.
2: The moment where Obi-Wan is burning the dead Jawas, Luke goes off to back to the homestead. Uh And in this moment, Qui-Gon, who can just materialize himself out of everything that's alive on Tatooine, comes and has a little heart-to-heart chat with Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan kind of addresses his fears, and Qui-Gon's like, don't worry about it, dude. It's going to be all right.
1: And it's kind of bittersweet because... Qui-Gon in his mind is, is can see the future and knows Obi will be dead soon, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and tell him not to worry about it because it'll be better it'll be better soon when you're dead. Yeah, it was a I really enjoyed that one. That's like double wizard, if we can do a double wizard. I would give it double wizard as well. From a point oh. we think. Um next one number nine. Ooh. Baru Ber- White Sun Lars. By Meg um, Cabot. So basically after dying, Baru just telling stories about Luke and their life. It's it starts kind of sad because Baru is just
2: basically like, "Well, I'm dead, and no one ever asked what my story was, so now I'm going to tell you." Yeah, but man, is it good! It's a good one. We learned that Baru took a cooking class in school, and she made blue milk cheese, and her cooking teacher said it was maybe <laughs> the best blue milk
1: cheese. <laughs> This teacher had ever had, right? She, and that her she should start her own blue milk cheese business, a, yeah, a restaurant in Anchorhead. You don't
2: know whether to take it seriously or to, or if it's for a, a goof. This story, but man, I don't know, it was serious for me. People listening, they know we love the baro, so yeah, yeah, definitely a wizard, straight wizard, blue wizard <laughs> <laughs> from Seven Point. <laughs> Up next, we got the Luckless Rodian by Rene Adihei. Sure, it's probably f- so far away from the correct pronunciation of
1: that name. This is the first in the many stories about what went down in the cantina in it, Greedo. Side note: the cantina stuff went on a little, too, a little bit too long. Well, and this was the first one, so we didn't really—you didn't realize that when you were reading it—that it was the first of many. This one got a little weird where Greedo hates Han because he stole his girlfriend or something. Is that what I was <laughs> getting out of this? Uh huh. So, and by the end, I don't know, I felt like this and some of the other ones kind of fall into this, too. It just seemed like an excuse to have Han shoot first. It wasn't my favorite. It definitely wasn't my least favorite. I kind of like, you
2: know, spending a little bit of time in Greedo's head. I was like, this is kind of cool. But it was coming right out. I mean, I had just read Baru before this. <laughs> so I was kind of like, well, whatever. I'm still thinking about Baru. Yeah, that's a good point. So I'm giving this one a possibly.
1: I would give it possibly as well. From a certain point, possibly. So now with the number 11, we have Not For Nothing by Murr Lafferty. I'm all about Figrandan Dan and the modal nodes. <laughs> um, this brought me right into uh, Star Wars Tales territory because they had a bunch of good uh, Finger and Dan, Modal Nodes comics, and similar to that, you know, they're always getting into trouble. Dan's not a—he's a real musician, and he's kind of useless in getting the band in trouble. Uh, sounds like what they escaped from Jabba, and they end up in the cantina trying to make enough money to get off the planet, right? Yeah, and I—I like that it reads like a rock
2: biography book. Yeah, of someone who was like, you know, the drummer in the Allman Brothers band. And they're going <laughs> to write a book about what a jerk Dwayne Allman was, you know? Yeah. yeah I know really like, I'm talking about how horrible Tatooine is for a Bith. Yeah. How great. the sand gets in your eyes. And do you know how horrible that is if you can't blink? So yeah, I'm giving this one a wizard. It's a wizard. From a point of
0: view. we ne-
2: have next? Next up is We Don't Serve Their Kind Here by Chuck Wendig.
1: All about a mean man, we her. Mm-hmm. Why he hates droids. Fascinating, yeah. He hates droids because as a kid,
2: he lived through the Clone Wars, and he's traumatized by droids. Didn't they kill his
1: parents? Yeah. So he could have been like anti-droid Batman in the <laughs> Star Wars movies. <laughs> Where is Batman?
0: Hey,
2: we don't serve our kind here.
0: No blasters! No blast. Us,
1: Um, And by the end, you know, everything goes down in the cantina again from his point of view. But he gives, uh, didn't he give Obi-Wan like the the respect nod because he knows the Jedi helped him during the Clone Wars?
2: If I wasn't enjoying this story enough, at the very end, they talk about how Wurr is going home and the night shift is about to be taken over by Akmina. From the holiday oh. special. <laughs> I missed that. It's
1: B. Arthur. Oh, you're right. You're right. Just
0: one more round, friend. Then a homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams.
2: So I was yeah. just like, sold. Weird. Yeah, wizard. definitely.
1: No question, wizard. From a certain point. Wizard! All right, the next one. I think this was the longest story in the book. The Cluehorn Cantina Caper uh, by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fra- Fraction. Fraction? Fraction? Fraction, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. At first, I was like, it's got Muftak, it's got Cabby, it's got Jasper. But I felt like it was like 500 pages long. <laughs> 500 pages of
2: nothing really happening. I would say this is my first pudu. Yeah, it's, it's I hate to say it, as much as I want to love a story about Muftak and Cabe or Cabe. It's a poodoo for me, unfortunately. Mm, probably my least favorite story in the whole book.
1: I, I might be right there with you. From so oh.
2: point of view. Up next, we got Added Muscle by Paul Dini, who, let's not forget, was a writer on the Droids and Ewoks cartoon. Mm-hmm. He's got the, the pedigree.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a it's a Boba Fett story. It was okay. It was just Boba Fett bragging, but it was short and sweet and to the point. I was trying to imagine Tamora Morrison... Saying it instead of uh, whoever the what's his face they got for the book or for the audio John Ham uh, John Ham yeah
2: which is interesting because I didn't do the audio version
1: did you do audio mm, I didn't but it was just funny reading it because I was like oh this is the story everyone was talking about Boba Fett and I was like that's like two pages long <laughs> so <laughs> it's like the it's the shortest story in the book I think other than uh, the one that's not really a story we'll get to later but you read it and almost the way it's written it sounds like tamil morrison yeah so i think this one's a possibly for me from a certain point possibly
2: you know i enjoyed it because i kind of like the way it talked about why was boba fett at docking bay 94 in the star wars special edition like because i was kind of like why was he there and they gave kind of a good reason why he would have shown up there, that he was after the droids in the desert on Tatooine and stuff. And so and I also like the part that he takes off his helmet every once in a while and shares a drink with Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, so right. uh, that, s- that was
1: good. So I'm giving it a wizard. OK, from a certain point. Number 15 is You Owe Me a Ride by Zoraida hmm And I think we're both horrible with names. So what was this one about? The Tonica
2: Sisters. The mysterious Tonica Sisters from the Cantina. Their old connection with Lando and kind of their desire to stop doing the bounty hunter lifestyle and to move on. And, th- and, you know, this had some interesting parts. It's, you know, they've had dealings with Jabba. They know Lando from way back in the day. They talk yeah. about Canto Bite, which I was like, oh, that's cool. There's the a whole thing where they're hiding inside the Falcon during the whole docking bay 94 part with java it's not the most mind-blowing story in the anthology but it's fun
1: i think this one was a possibly for me definitely definite possibly it was cool to get a story with those characters but it wasn't yeah it wasn't mind-blowing and it was kind of right in the middle of the whole can you know cantina after cantina story too that's i think a general comment i kind of feel like i appreciate them going in like kind of chronological movie order because it kind of helps you See a new hope in your head as you're reading these But I think it might have been better for some of the stories If they would have mixed it up So it wasn't like all the Cantina stories next to each other And all the X-Wing pilot stories next to each other
2: It's it's almost like looking back I would have liked to have kept track of what I was reading That would have gotten really complicated But read them out of order Yeah Anyways, okay, so up next The Secrets of Long Snoot by Delilah Dawson
1: All about everyone's favorite Grinden
2: um, yeah,
1: I this one is a little long, but I liked it. I like the the whole secret history of Grinden and how he ended up on Tatooine. And he's really not like this dirty, slimy guy. He's he just got stranded there and he's just doing what he can to get home, see his family because his wife died. Yeah, people treat him awful on Tatooine. Yeah, they just think he's this horrible creature and he's he can't help it. That's just how his race is. Yeah. And they can smell everything, and Tatooine just smells horrible to him. Yeah, he's not that bad of a guy. I, I enjoyed this one. I'm, I'm giving this one a wizard. I give it a wizard too. From certain point. Oh. So number seventeen now. Born on the storm. Born in the storm by uh, Daniel Jose Older. Our first of two mind tricked stormtrooper stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened in this one. <laughs> 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 a bunch of stuff happens, and then he steals a do back and. Rides off into the sunset or something. I don't know. I didn't really enjoy this one.
2: It's the stormtroopers. They were mind tricked by Kenobi and they fill out like an incident report. I don't know. It's it's kind of forgettable. The only thing I enjoyed is that one point they call Tatooine an armpit of a planet, which I thought maybe that was um, a little shout out to Kevin Rubio's troops where they referred to being in the armpit of space. (laughs) So it's kind of like, well, if they're doing a troops shout out. That's pretty cool, but uh, overall, I'm giving it a possibly. Yeah, I would say it's a possibly. From a certain point, possibly. Up next, we got Lena by Wesley Crusher. Will Wheaton, you got a rebel lookout guy in this little lookout pod.
1: He's got a little kid, and he doesn't want it to get hurt on Tatooine, so bright idea, he sends that to Alderaan to be safe. I don't know. A lot of people really love this story, like a lot of
2: other write-ups I've read on this book. People are like the Will Wheaton story is one of the best. I this is one of my least favorite. <laughs> I'm there with you. I didn't uh I was literally like rolling my eyes
1: while I read it, like, oh please. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. I was just kinda like this is trying too hard to be something, and it's just like Oh, they're dead. Like I like the first story <laughs> the first story with Catherine and like I thought it did a better job of kind of like oh he's writing his family's on Alderon. Like it kinda felt natural where this just seemed like it was trying too hard.
2: Yeah, and there's another Alderon story coming up that does it much better. And yeah. uh so unfortunately, sorry Wesley Crusher, I'm giving this one a poo doodoo. From certain point of view. Poodoo Will Wheaton. <laughs> <laughs> so up next we got fully operational by Beth Revis, and it's the fabus story of General Taggy,
1: or as some people call him, General Tag. I like this one a lot. Got a little 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 Krennic thrown in there. Taggy, you know, being the smart guy he is, looking at the data, thinking they should, uh, I mean, we should look at this uh, flaw in the Death Star thing. Um, <laughs> and I like how it leaded right into the led right into the uh, the little Death Star meeting. And then basically yeah, everything goes down, and he's like, oh, well, you know, maybe I'll change my mind after Vader chokes out Modi. And he's looking right at Krennic's empty
2: chair, and they're flat out saying that that empty chair was Krennic's. Yeah. And kind of thinking, ooh, boy, if I don't mind my P's and Q's, that could be me one day. Yeah, I'll be the next empty
1: chair. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm giving that one a wizard. Yeah, wizard. from point of- wizard! And that one ties nicely into number 20, an incident report by Mallory... Ortberg, which is basically the follow-up to that, which is uh Modi, uh is it Modi or Modi? I, I say Modi. I say Modi. Whatever. <laughs> but uh it's what his uh his basically complaining to uh is he complaining to the emperor or just like basically He's upper, a, upper management somewhere of,
2: yeah like, empire upper management making a formal complaint about the way he was treated in that death star meeting by darth vader
1: yeah and it wasn't right for vader to choke him out because vader obviously lost the argument um, <laughs> that he shouldn't be forcing his religion on other people
2: <laughs> he has no disrespect for his religion it's it's like kind of ton in cheek you know of like office bureaucracy and stuff like that but i just thought it
1: was really good yeah that that felt very star wars tales to me too like i could imagine the the drawings to go along with that one so yeah i, I got a wizard for me
2: yeah, a wizard for me as well from <laughs> <a point> of-
0: <laughs>
2: up next change of heart by elizabeth wine ween that's the troopers that were went with vader down the hallway when they took the mind probe into princess leia's prison cell uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I have the same feeling. It was kind of like the the earlier one, the uh, bu- the bucket all over again, only even more extreme. Where he f- kind of did he like falling in love with Leia, and at the end, I'm I'm in the rebel, I'm a rebel now or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one didn't really do it for me. I, I don't want to go as far as
2: Pudu, so I'm giving it a possibly okay. Possibly, sorry. From a certain point. Oh. Possibly. Up next, Eclipse by Madeline Rue. Mm-hmm. It's the hot it, stuff. Yeah, the final moments on Alderaan between Bail Organa and... Uh, how do you pronounce Bail's right? Brea? Brea. Organa. As they, they wonder about <laughs> Leia's safety and as impending doom hits Alderaan. This, this story is great.
1: Yeah, I really like this one. This was... The right kind of sad story. It was interesting to kind of see the inner workings of Alderaan, the little Naboo-ish, it seemed like. And then, yeah, basically right up to the eclipse of the Death Star in front of their sun before it blows them up. We love Bale a lot. And,
2: you know, I think a few episodes back, I wondered if he did yeah. really die on Alderaan. And kind of giving this story of Bale's final moments with Brea, fantastic. Wizard. Wizard. From a certain point. Of up next, Verge of Greatness by some guy named Pablo Hidalgo. I don't know who that is. No. You know, pa- I thought Pablo knocked this one out of the park, because we go yeah. into the mind of Grand Moff Tarkin as he muses on things like Krennic and
1: the Death Star and mass destruction and the Empire and loved it. Well, and jumping back and forth between Krennic's mind a little bit at the end of his life I really yeah it was like it's a cool kind of Contrast between they're both Similar Evil people in a way but they're kind of Opposites and in the end they they're, they Cancel each other out where You know Krennic allows Tarkin to be Tarkin But Tarkin being Tarkin and not Krennic Is ultimately his own demise And, <laughs> Krennic, and Krennic Gets his revenge so yeah I thought That one was great that's, that's a double Wizard
2: yeah dub, <laughs> totally Double wizard one of the uh, best in one of the best in the book. From a certain point of-
0: we think, we think.
2: Yeah. That Pablo guy kind of knows what he's doing. So the next one is a little one page comic far too remote by Jeffrey Brown.
1: I really like this one. It's not a story. It's just a cartoon, a single panel cartoon. It reminds me, of course, it's Star Wars tales. It's a cartoon. Uh, the punchline was pretty funny. I don't know. What did you think?
2: I thought it was great. You know, I like his Jedi Academy books he did before Jared Krasoska took over. And I like his uh, Vader and kids books he did, you know. So it was kind of mm-hmm. cool to see him in like a book for grownups. And it's, it's neat. I wish there were more comics. I wish if they do it again for Empire Jedi, I would love to see
1: different forms of storytelling in it yeah, like that. I, I agree. It would be it would have been cool to have a few more visual things or cartoons to kind of break up the, uh, the to break up the stories especially when we're getting multiple stories from kind of the same section of the film it would have been nice to get like a cartoon version of the stormtrooper falling in love with princess leia <laughs> <laughs> and taking off their helmet but yeah this one I got a gets a wizard from me yeah a wizard from me as well from so point of view next is the trigger by Kier, Kieran Gillen <laughs> I think they just hired people who have Star Wars names yeah. <laughs> to write these.
2: Which I got to admit, you know, I've had mixed feelings about Doctor Afra and some of the the comics that her character has been in. Where at first when she was introduced, I thought she was kind of like Poochie in Star Wars, you know, like she was going to ride in on a skateboard or something. <laughs> Later, as the comics went on, I was like, oh, I, with different writers, I was like, oh, I am. Really starting to enjoy Doctor Afra and kind of when she's not wisecracking with Darth Vader or something. But I thought this story though was fantastic.
1: Yeah, this one was good. I never really had the issues with Doctor Afra that that other people had, but on the other hand, I never was like, "Oh, Doctor Afra's the best." But this felt like a good Doctor Afra comic story. And if you're like Doctor Afra, you're definitely going to like this. If you don't like her. It's a good story so maybe you will still like it.
2: You know, I'm going to give it a wizard just for the fact that it won me over
1: more on Afra. All right. I'll go with the wizard too. I think it was it was well written. From certain point. Of- Up next we got of
2: M-S-E-6 and (laughs) Men by Glenn Weldon, telling the story we've all been waiting for, the story of the mouse droid. Yeah,
1: but not just the story of the mouse droid. A story of forbidden love on the Death Star from the point of view of the mouse droid, written in code. Yeah, it is definitely the
2: weirdest story in the book don't try and read it late at night because i think this story as much as i t- was trying to enjoy it i think it put me to sleep three times
1: i think the trick is to look at the code that the that the droid is saying as like a picture and just kind of skim over it because <laughs> if you read it you'll yeah you'll you'll uh, go into a trance and candy man will show up or something and <laughs> The, the world will end. I don't know, but it was it was weird and it was wild and I I don't know. I liked it. It was definitely crazy. I gotta give it and, possibly from certain point. Of, possibly. Oh, I'm giving it a wizard just okay. for it's crazy in so many ways from certain point. of uh,
2: Up next, we got "Bump" by Ben Acker and Bl- Ben Blacker. This tells the story of the stormtrooper that bumped his head on the door. And we learned that he was doing that because he was mind tricked by Kenobi. And he eventually is the same stormtrooper that let R2 and C3PO go. twice. Yeah, twice. (laughs) I like the fact that it explained that because I've always kind of wondered that if everyone's looking for these droids and they're on the Death Star, why that trooper was just like, yeah, all right, you can go to the bathroom, whatever you got (laughs) to do.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed this one. Maybe more than I should have, just because at first I was like, "Oh, another trooper one." Oh, another mind, troop, mind trick trooper one. But this one was really clever, and I think it won me over by the end. I I'm going to give it a possibly from certain point. Possibly, I think I'm going to give this one a wizard,
2: huh?
1: just for it's it's clever from certain point. Think? Up next, we got "End of Watch" by Adam Christopher. So I'm curious how you what you thought of this one, since this was kind of the the companion piece to the Sith of paperwork or data work kind of thing. It's a very similar story.
2: It is. It's an Imperial officer and she's watching over pretty much all the events that take place on the Death Star and a new hope from her like little command station. The, the guy that she's working with is the voice on the other line and the, who is this? What's your operating number? You know, the situation, normal talk. And then just kind of at the end of it, she's like, well, it's the end of my shift, so somebody else's problem, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I liked it more than uh, the uh, Skate Pod one. I still got to
1: give it a possibly,
2: because
1: in the end, it was just kind of, eh, all right. Yeah. This one was a possibly for me, too. I think it, it went on a little too long. It wasn't clever enough to go on as long as it did. <laughs> yeah. From a certain point, possibly. Next, getting back into the weird... <laughs> The Real Weird with the Baptist by Nettie Okor- Okrafor? I, I believe, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just give us a list of names to say. And you paralyze us. Omi. Yeah. We learned the name of the Dianoga monster is Omi, right? And yeah. it's basically the untold story of the Dianoga and how it ended up in the Death Star trash compactor. Yeah. And how it feels the Force and... She she liked Luke a lot. So she baptized him by yeah. pulling him under the water to feel the force flowing through him? I really enjoyed how f- completely
2: bizarre it was. It, it wasn't the easiest to read at times. So was that a possibly or a wizard? I, you know what? <laughs> I think when I read it, it was possibly. But now a few days later,
1: it's wizard. And I think I think months from now... Or years from now, it'll be wizard. I'm going to give it a wizard. I think you know, yeah. A month from now, when you try to remember the stories in the book, you're never going to forget the Baptist. That's true. Mm -hmm. So it it's you know, good or bad, it sticks with you. And I don't think you're going to get a you're not going to get the story in any other book. (laughs) That's true. From certain (laughs) point. So next number thirty, time of death by Kevin Scott. Another pretty cool one. Basically, the moment. Obi-Wan gets killed on the Death Star, kind of what goes through his head as he's becoming one with the Force. I got to admit, in the beginning,
2: it threw me off with the first line, my name is Obi-Wan Kenobi and I'm dead or something, where I was kind of like, right away, I was kind of like, nah, I don't hear Obi-Wan saying that. And at times I had issues with this story where I was kind of like, I don't hear Obi-Wan Kenobi's voice saying these things.
1: Yeah, the tone was a little... A little goofy at times, especially yeah, like right off the bat, it kind of comes across as this kind of overly goofy and bad goofy, not good goofy.
2: <laughs> my name, my name's Obi Wan Kenobi, and I'm
1: dead. No, <laughs> yeah. you know, it just doesn't yeah. it it doesn't work. Yeah, but I think by the end, it kind of pulls itself together. Yeah, and uh, I think it won me over. It's definitely not like start to finish what the Qui Gon one is, but by the end, I was like, okay, you kind of. I'm giving it a possibly. Yeah, not quite a wizard. It's a
2: possibly. From certain point, possibly. Up next, we got There is Another by Gary D. Schmidt, which is kind of crazy because we go into two kind of wild force stories back to back. Yoda at the time of death of Obi-Wan, and Yoda kind of feels it, and they have a little chit-chat on Dagobah, and we learn that... Yoda had every intention of training a Skywalker, but the Skywalker he wanted to train was Leia.
1: He's been planning all this time of how he's going to train Leia and not too happy about Obi-Wan's ghost showing up and throwing Luke at him. Which I really dug
2: because for a while, like when this book first came out, there was all these stories like, oh, shocking revelation and Yoda. But it's kind of like, well, it makes sense. Because if Yoda was watching both of them and watching them grow up, Leia would be the logical
1: choice to train. She's definitely on paper the better of the two. <laughs>
2: yeah, where Luke would be would remind everyone too much of Anakin. So
1: yeah, and I like just little bits of Yoda kind of being lonely and old and going about his dreary days on Dagobah and planting seeds and stuff. So yeah, I this one was I this one's a wizard for me.
2: Yeah, using Qui Gon's robe as his blanket. So. I
1: couldn't figure out how that actually happened, but I, I appreciated the effort. <laughs> the <laughs> thought was nice. <laughs> it's Star Wars. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. From certain so, oh. point
2: So up next, we've got Palpatine by Ian Dosher. So what's going on here?
1: If you're a fan of the Star Wars Shakespeare books, you'll like this story. I'm not really a fan <laughs> of the Star Wars Shakespeare books, at least what I've read of them. So I was kind of... I didn't like this one. If the
2: idea of four pages of Palpatine poetry about Palpatine reacting to the death of Obi-Wan Kenobi in poetry form is something that appeals to you, then maybe you dig it. I had a tough
1: time. If that's your jam, you're going to be grooving. But <laughs> otherwise, Emperor Palpatine was not my cup of tea, so <laughs> this, one, this one got a poodoo from me. From a certain point of view. I'm giving it a possibly just for the fact that it exists.
2: From a certain point. Possibly.
1: Up next, we got Sparks by Paul S. Kemp. So this is the beginning of what felt like a lot of X-Wing, Y-Wing pilot stories. This one is okay. Mm-hmm. Basically, I mean, it's about a Y-Wing pilot. So, right? He was the Y-Wing, Y-wing pilot. So that was kind of cool, because you know, everyone wants to talk about the X-Wing pilots. And his droid was called Sparks, right?
2: Yeah, ill-fated mission to the Death Star. He didn't make it, obviously. But I think because it got, it was the first kind of Death Star assault story, I was kind of like, ooh, here we go, about rebel pilots. Yeah, I dig this, you know. In the end, it gets outshadow- overshadowed by... Some of the other stories coming up So it's somewhere in between a possibly and a wizard Maybe leaning more towards
1: possibly for me Yeah, it's a possibly for me From a certain point possibly But now, number 34 Yeah, Yeah. hold your horses Strap yourself in, Duty Roster By Jason Fry Whoa! Digging digging deep with the story of Fake Wedge I almost passed out (laughs) When they I I, I could feel you pass out in the force When (laughs) It's like, oh, Jason just read fake wedge
2: when uh yeah, this guy this guy, his name's cole c o l but his nickname with all the other rebel pilots there on Yavin is fake wedge, and he is the fake wedge that was sitting next to Luke in a new hope, <laughs> which we've been talking about for forty years, <laughs> bootleg yeah. wedge, as we called him, but we get yep. his he's real, his nickname is fake wedge, and He didn't get the call to go on the the Yavin, the the Death Star assault. He's got a rivalry with real Wedge. And he talks about Merrick. As if I didn't already love this story enough, they mentioned Merrick in there. And even aside from our affection for fake Wedge or bootleg Wedge, this is a really good story.
1: When it just got to fake Wedge, I was like, okay, this is great already. But the fact that it follows up. The novelty of being about Fake Wedge with just being a really good story, just yeah, it's this double wizard, triple wizard. Yeah, quadruple wizard. Readbake! Readbake!
0: Oh.
2: So up next we got Desert Sun by Pierce Brown, the story of
1: Biggs. Kind of your your Biggs eye view of, of a new hope. <laughs> At least the ends of it end of it. The Biggs picture. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which is cool I mean the beginning was all great Kind of in the end In the end you're just kind of reading a novelization Of A New Hope of the Death Star Assault but...
1: And coming after Fake Wedge it's, it's an uphill battle for any Any other X-Wing story So yeah I would say it's a possibly It was, just, it was, it was cool to read but If
2: you're the world's biggest fan <laughs> you'll, you'll dig it From a certain point Possibly uh, Up next is Grounded by Greg Rucka the story of Nira Kazi, part of the ground crew for the rebel ships on Yavin.
1: Yeah, this one, it was interesting because I don't know that I've ever read a story about the the ground crew. So, like, that aspect of it was cool. But I think coming after so many other... Like, I've, I, I read about the Battle of the Death Star so many times by the time we got to this one. It was hard for me to get into it.
2: Yeah, I agree. It was It was neat to see it from a different perspective of someone on Yavin just kind of... Hearing about what's going on and kind of her perspective as she takes care of the ships, you know, like the Mm -hmm. X-Wings. And it was a different perspective. It's neat. But, yeah, there are other stories that tell the exact same thing that just kind of stand out a little bit more.
1: So I give it a possibly.
2: I'll give it a very strong possibly. From a certain point. Possibly.
1: Next, we get into a little Mon Mothma action with Contingency Plan by Alexander Freed. I loved this one.
2: I really liked it because it answered the burning question, where was Mon Mothma in A New Hope? And basically, she got the heck out of there before Leia got there because they had the idea that this wasn't going to go well, that this was like a suicide mission, the last hope of the, the Rebel Alliance. And in her head, she's going over all these scenarios and how she's going to surrender to Palpatine and all this stuff. Yeah,
1: it was it was heavy stuff and... It was well done, and it was a. a I think it did stay true to, the, to Mon Mothma being who she is. Yeah, I liked it. I did too. I'm giving this one a wizard. And you get a, it gets a wizard from me too.
2: From a certain point of view. Up next is The Angle by Charles Sewell or Charles Sowell from the Marvel Comics, which it's interesting that he
1: wrote the Lando series because this is a Lando story. Or otherwise known as just Lando watching TV with Lobot, the story. (laughs) Which is kind of all I ever really dreamed about anyway. Yeah, this is a fun one. Lando being Lando at a casino. The Empire shows up, messes things up, and he ends up at a bar with Lobot. Basically watching the Rebels blow up the Death Star on TV and freaking out because it's the Falcon. His ship. He's like, that's my ship. And wondering why on earth would Han Solo be there helping out the rebels
2: and kind of and i like the end where lando's kind of like well what am i missing out on and i it, it's neat too because it just made me think about
1: the han movie and oh yeah it got me super pumped up for the han movie yeah
2: like han and lando's relationship and lando <laughs> with the falcon and what han is gonna be like in the han movie i don't know it got my wheels turning on han and i don't know it's a good one and it reminded yeah. me a lot of the lando comic which
1: I yeah love. which is is a great comic yeah, and it got me thinking about Last Jedi too. Like, they got, they got to have Lando. We got to get Lando. <laughs> you can't not have Lando. Come on, everybody wants Lando. From a certain point oh. view. So, 39 by Whatever Son, which was a story from Ashley Eckstein, but then written by, by E.K. Johnson, mm-hmm. I think is how it worked. Yeah. Which is the same, so- it's, it's like the same deal like with the, the
2: Ahsoka book.
1: Okay. The, t- the team up.
2: What did you think of this one? This one I actually read twice because I think, again, I came right after that Lando story and I was kind of all jazzed up after reading that. And I felt like the first time I read it, I didn't give it a fair shake because I was kind of like, I got like two pages into it. And I was just like, I don't think I was even reading it. I was still just thinking about the Lando story. (laughs) And I was just kind of like, what's going on? Wait, 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 wait. So I started it over again. It's nice. It's the story of uh, a pilot. Who she's watching the the awards ceremony at the end of A New Hope? You're basically you're seeing the 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 medal ceremony from the point of view of someone in the audience.
1: Yeah, well, and specifically it's the crew of survivors from Alderaan. It's a different take on the the Alderaan stuff. I I thought this was was good. It's kind of a a downer, but in a bittersweet downer. Maybe it's a possibly. I'm giving it a possibly too. From a certain point, possibly and. Last but not least, number forty, Wills. Tom, is it just called Wills? Yeah, by Tom w- Engelberger. Engelberger. Yeah, I went back and forth on this. I didn't like it, then I liked it, then I didn't like it. <laughs> I think by the end, I liked it. But
2: I liked it. It's it's basically someone they're beginning to transcribe the journal, the Wills, and you've got what is it? Another will talking to them, bugging them about. Uh, Why they're starting at episode four. Yeah. And uh, how come they're not going to put K2SO, who's the best droid, in it and stuff like
1: that. Yeah.
2: I almost would have liked this more if the person transcribing the story, if they said it was George Lucas. Yeah, maybe. And the well, wills were talking to him, asking him why he's starting it when he is and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I think that by the end I liked it, but it was one of those just like, kind of like the Obi-Wan one where at first I was almost like, I don't know if this is too much for me. But I think it won me over overall, but I, it's a possibly with me. From certain point. Possibly.
2: I'm, I'm giving it a wizard. I thought it was a good way to end the whole anthology. From a certain point. of <laughs> So yeah, overall, I really recommend the book
1: yeah i had a lot of fun it's funny it, it reminded me of like those like tribute albums where a bunch of bands will cover one of their favorite bands the same sort of feeling where there's you know there's some songs that are great that some songs you're like why did you pick that song to cover but yeah overall i would recommend it to people and i'm looking forward to if they do another movie another one so thank you delray books for providing us the the copies and
2: um yep yeah, head over to amazon and uh Order yourself a copy We'll put the link to order it on Amazon In this episode's show notes
1: Yeah, because it's a good book And for a good cause So there's double double reasons to pick it up It's double wizard
0: He was the ageless warrior the last of the Jedi Knights and master of the Force.
1: This is the weapon of a Jedi Knight.
0: And now the old Jedi was called upon again to rid the galaxy of evil. Ben Kenobi was needed. Ben Kenobi is back. Star Wars is back. Star Wars, rated PG. Rental guidance hey, what's up, Jason and Gabe? It's uh, Taylor Gray, uh, excuse me, Ezra Bridger here, Spectre 6, uh, reporting into Blast Points podcast. Just wanted to say what's up, and uh, may the force be with you. See you guys. And these Blast Points, too accurate for sand people... Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise.
2: <music> iTunes Reviews, it's what helps the show like the most for people finding out about Blast Points, if they search it on iTunes. If you leave reviews, it helps us move up those, uh, those charts. After you're done listening to this, if you're listening on iTunes or Apple thing, head over there and write something about the show. And if you do that, we'll
1: read your review on an upcoming show. And don't forget to check out BlastPointsPodcast.com, where we have comics. You can go to old episodes have recipes, buy shirts, listen to the theme music, whatever you want to do. Or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and keep downloading the podcast. And keep
2: recommending BlastPoints to your friends that uh, listen to podcasts or like Star Wars or don't. If they don't know anything about Star Wars or podcasts, tell them this, this is all you need.
1: Yeah, we'll teach them all about Star Wars.
2: <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think that just about wraps up number ninety-five here. And next week, yet yeah, I know when this episode comes out, there will be new episodes of Rebels, and uh, we'll be talking about those next week for sure. Yep. So we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you.
0: Jedi who's screwing with you. Guess who? are no, not you. The last of the Jedi. I said you were, but I wasn't totally straight about your fate. In fact, some say I lied. Because Leia is one too. It's true. From a certain point of view. And that first time when we met. He's weird, you thought I bet. Why wouldn't I? You're two foot five. But a master nonetheless. Because I can be tall too. It's true. From a certain point of view. Made a force be with all of you.